This is the Calvary Bible Church Podcast. Thanks for listening in today. We're praying this message encourages you. Learn more about Calvary and join us online each Sunday for services at calvarybible.com. Feelings can make a big difference in our lives. They can shape the decisions we make. They can inspire the way that we even think about life in general. But there's one feeling in particular that has an out-of-proportion kind of impact on life itself. You might say that even a single drop of this makes a big difference. In relationships, this feeling might lead one person to enter into an unhealthy relationship and to stay there much too long. The same feeling might lead somebody else to avoid relationships altogether. This feeling with money might inspire one person to take all of their dollars that they can possibly scrounge up and to invest them into the stock market in order to grow a portfolio that's even much bigger than they need to live off. That same feeling may lead another person to pull every dollar out of any kind of a risky investment simply to preserve and protect what they already have. What is this feeling? Maybe you guessed it. It's fear. Fear in and of itself is not a bad thing. Fear can actually help us immensely if we're in a situation that's risky, that's dangerous, and it may cause us to rethink our plans. That can be a really good thing. God's word has a lot to say about fear. You might think of the book of Joshua, Joshua, where Joshua is commanded over and over at the beginning of that book to not fear, to not be afraid. But the Bible also talks about a specific kind of fear called the fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of wisdom. Fear can be a good thing. Fear can be a bad thing. But the kind of fear I have in mind today as we open up God's word is a fear that comes from recognizing how we live in a world full of hazards. We live in a world full of uncertainty. We live in a world that's full of danger. And the question that's in our minds, the realization that we might have when we think about fear is that we need help. And where does our help come from? It's what we're going to look at as we open up God's word today. If you're with us for the first time or maybe the first time in a long time, let me just say welcome to you. I'm so glad that you could join us today. We are in a series called Summer Playlist. I was just driving with some friends recently to tell you ride and you ray to enjoy the beautiful Colorado summer. And as we drove for those hours in the car together, we listened to certain songs. And by the end of that trip, we could all sing the same songs together because we had heard them so many times. What we want to do this summer at Calvary is imagine what it would be like for us to have that kind of a familiarity with certain passages of Scripture, the kind of passages of Scripture where if we heard just a line or two from it, we would immediately be able to think of the whole. We would immediately be able to impact or be able to recall it and, and apply it to our lives. That's what we want to do. Psalm 121 is one of those psalms that should be on our playlist, and that's what we're going to look at today. Psalm 121 is already on a playlist of type. This, it's a psalm that, that is a part of the Songs of Ascent. The Songs of Ascent, out of all of the 150 psalms, run from Psalm 120 to 134. These are songs that Israel recited as they would travel to Jerusalem from all over Israel in order to worship at certain times of the year. There were certain festivals that were on Israel's calendar, and every year they would join together to worship the Lord. 
If you're watching this on Sunday, then happy 4th of July. We know what it's like to celebrate national kinds of holidays. Well, Israel had that too with festivals like the Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Festival of Weeks, and the Festival of Tabernacles, all recalling God's faithfulness in Israel's past. They were opportunities to worship and celebrate. So as the Israelites would travel to Jerusalem, they would ascend upward because Jerusalem geographically is set on a hill. The temple itself is up on a high point. So they would travel up and as they did, they would recite these Psalms in order to have an attitude of worship, a mindset that would prepare them for what they were about to experience as they worshiped corporately together at the temple. So what we need to look at as we read this psalm is, where does our help come from? That's the key question that the psalm addresses. And it gives us a clear answer that we can apply to our own lives as we think about the hazards of life that we face. Let's look at the text. The psalm begins this way. It says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. So Psalm 121 begins with two questions. First of all, there's the question here. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? That's the first one. The second question that pops into our minds is what in the world is the psalmist writing about? What does he mean by the hills and where does my help come from? There are several different possibilities here. One of the options is one that we can see without even, at least in my Bible, without even turning a page. Psalm 125 verse 2 says, As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people from this time forth and forevermore. It could be that this traveler, the person making their way to Jerusalem, looks at the sight of the hills and is reminded of God's faithful protection and provision over them. In that case, the psalmist would be saying, As I look to these mountains, I remember my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth and these mountains. In a pretty different way, this writer could also be saying, when I look at the high points, these mountaintops, I'm reminded of Israel's unfaithfulness. I'm reminded of the idolatry. I'm reminded of the fact that sacrifices are made to these false foreign gods. In that case, the psalmist could be saying, I lift my eyes to the hills and I remember that my help My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. The final option could be that as the traveler makes his or her way to Jerusalem to worship, that the sight of the hills is more one of intimidation, that it's a recognized obstacle that stands between him and her and the fact that they're trying to get to the temple. The hills could be a place where wild animals are hiding out, could be a place where robbers are trying to look for an opportunity to find a weary, lonely traveler and take advantage of them. In that case, the writer here could be saying, I lift my eyes to the hills. I recognize the obstacle that they are. And I remember that my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth, including these hills. And whichever option it is, the conclusion is the same. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. As we recognize that we live in a world full of hazards, as we recognize that this world is full of uncertainty, that it's full of danger, what better help can we have than the one who made heaven and earth? What on earth could possibly stand in our way when the maker of heaven and earth is on our side? So right now, this is just proclaimed or declared by the traveler here, by the one looking at the hills and asking the question about his help. 
but we don't know exactly what that help looks like. So to see it, we need to keep reading on. So let's look now at verse two and three. It says this, he will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. As we make our way on a long journey, there are certain dangers along the way. It's inevitable that we'll find a place where our foot might turn, where we might stumble over something. We might take a step thinking that the ground underneath us is stable, but really it gives way. I'm a pro at this. Just the other day, I was in my backyard, in my backyard, no hazards, no kind of obstacles, but I managed to twist my ankle when I'm just walking. I have no idea what happened, but it's not like it's the first time it's ever happened to me. It's so easy for us to stumble. I took this picture just a couple days ago on a hike that I was a part of, and you can see this path is very clear. It's, it's not a dangerous looking path at all, but there are a few obstacles on it. But on a long journey, Sooner or later, it's likely that our foot will trip over something, that we might misstep at some point. But the psalm here tells us that he will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. That word keep is repeated twice here. But in fact, in all eight verses here, it's repeated six times in our psalm. The word keep can also be understood as protect or guard, to show great concern for. The, the message to us here is that this God of ours, the maker of heaven and earth, is the one who is keeping us from all trouble, that he is not asleep, that he keeps Israel at all times. Think about those times when God has displayed how he protects and guards Israel. Of course, we think maybe first from the Old Testament of the example of Israel being delivered out of Egypt, out of slavery, into freedom. God provides for them miraculously. He protects them from the hazards of the journey. He leads them through the Red Sea. He protects them from the heat and from the exhaustion. He provides water out of rock. He provides manna for food to eat. This is a God who goes with them as a pillar of fire at night and a cloud by day. He's a God who is always with them. And as he was with Israel, the corporate body of his people, so he is with the individual traveler here. His protection extends from that corporate body down into the individual lives of each person as they travel to worship him in Jerusalem at the temple. This God is the one who extends his protection in that way. That should be a, a comfort for us as we think about our own involvement and participation, our own membership in this body called the church, that God's protection over us extends down into our individual lives. And it says here that his protection is such that he never slumbers, he never sleeps. He's always awake, he's always alert, he's always aware of what's going on in our lives. If you've ever had the opportunity to go to Washington, D.C., more specifically to Arlington, Virginia, you might have seen the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier in Arlington National Cemetery. I had a chance to visit there recently, and it's an incredible sight to see these soldiers mark, march back and forth meticulously throughout the day. But of course, it takes a whole group of them in order to provide 24-7, 365 coverage. They, in fact, have to switch out after every hour or sometimes every half an hour because it's exhausting work to go back and forth in the heat and in the cold. They switch out, but, but our God 
is sufficient to guard us 24-7, 365, because he never sleeps. He's always protecting us, always watching over for us, always caring for us. This is the God who never sleeps. He he never stops being aware. He's aware and alert with every step that we take. But his awareness and his alertness is not something that he does just from a distance. He's actually close up, right next to our very side. It says that beginning in verse 5. It says, The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. One of the greatest hazards on a journey of a long distance, of a journey from the outskirts of Israel into Jerusalem, is the risk of exposure. Exposure includes the furnace of the daytime and the freezer of the night. This exposure is something where the sun can dehydrate us and sunburn us during the day. The intensity of that heat can completely overtake us. At nighttime, you have the opposite problem being too cold or just the craziness that comes with a moonlit night. In the moonlit night, we might be straining our eyes to try to make sense of what we see. Our ears might be hearing things and our minds might be imagining things in the shadows that are lurking around us. In fact, the word lunacy for craziness comes from the word lunar. They're related, this idea that at nighttime, we can lose our minds. Our thinking may not be as clear as we make our way on a journey of a great distance like this. But the protection of this psalm is the protection of God who is by our side, shielding us 24-7. You might know those commercials, the insurance commercials, where an actor plays the role of mayhem. Mayhem is, at one time, a malfunctioning GPS in a car that's constantly recalculating. And as mayhem is recalculating, or this GPS, rather, is recalculating, it sends a driver on a sharp right turn at the last second into a parked car. Mayhem is a cat in an upstairs bathroom that learns to turn on the faucet to get a drink and, of course, has no idea of how to turn it off, flooding the entire house. The tagline of those commercials is, if you get their insurance, you will be protected against mayhem like me. Well, insurance companies make their living off of the whole idea of selling us peace of mind. It's not a problem with insurance. I'm not encouraging you to go out and sell all of your insurance. But what I am saying is that we have a God who is the maker of heaven and earth, who is always by our side. He never has to be informed of some kind of mayhem that we might have encountered. He never has to be surprised by the fact that some catastrophe has hit our lives. He's actually by our side at all times, never leaving us. So you might be thinking, I don't know, Perry. I'm not so sure about that. As I think about my own life, I wonder whether God is actually aware, whether he's actually present with me. I think we all face a situation like that in our lives from time to time where we wonder if God is truly present by our side in the moment. This is a common experience we can all face. The problem or the promise rather of this psalm is that the sun will not strike us by day nor the moon by night because he is always at our right hand. He is always next to us, watching over us, protecting us, caring for us. He's like that guard on a wall who is always there on duty, always awake and always alert in our lives. So I wonder again, what aspect of your life Where in your life are you wondering whether God's protection is really there for you? 
What aspect of your life might you be wondering whether God is aware of that he is actually present with you in that moment? I'm reminded of the the previous section that we just looked at where it says that he is never sleeping, never slumbering. I'm reminded of that story out of the book of 1 Kings chapter 18 where you have that division of Elijah, the prophet of God, and the prophets of Baal or the prophets of Baal, where they're having this fire starting contest. And Elijah begins to mock those prophets saying, maybe your God is asleep. Maybe you need to waken him up. Maybe that's kind of how you feel in your life about the maker of heaven and earth, though. You wonder whether he is actually awake. You wonder whether he knows about what's going on in your life. Is this just like the glossy brochure of the Christian life? Or maybe this psalm is is just promising something that is for the super spiritual Christians, but not for you and me. Author and pastor Eugene Peterson wrote this. He said, No sooner have we plunged expectantly and enthusiastically into the river of Christian faith than we get our noses full of water and come up coughing and choking. He said, no sooner do we confidently stride out onto the road of faith than we trip on an obstruction and fall to the hard surface, bruising our knees and elbows. For many, the first great surprise of the Christian life is in the form of troubles we meet. I don't think I have to convince you that the Christian life can be just as full of problems as for anybody else. In fact, the Christian life can even bring its own set of hazards, its own set of trouble. Are we to think then from reading the words of the psalm that we'll never twist our ankles, that we'll never fall down and scar up our knees or our elbows? Are we to think that we'll never have a car accident, that we'll never get cancer? If that's the tension that you can relate to, let's look at the very next section of this psalm, the last two verses that help us put everything into better perspective. Here's what the psalmist writes. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. The greatest hazard that you and I could possibly face is not physical. It's spiritual. The greatest danger that we could face in life is the danger of evil that it poses to our life. Now, don't get me wrong. The Lord is protecting our physical lives all the time. Every breath that we take, every morning that we wake up, every beat of our heart, every breath of our lungs, these are all examples of God's protection over our lives. Every time we get in a car and make it to our destination, that's an example of his physical protection over us. But we also know that sooner or later, our physical bodies will wear down, even if we live to be an old age. We know that sooner or later, our experience in this life is going to end And we will be on to the age to come. We will be on to the next life. So as we think about that, as we think about the fact that our physical lives have a limited time to them, we should think about and recognize the fact that the greatest danger is a danger that's eternal. The greatest danger is not physical, but it's actually spiritual. The problem of evil. And here we see this promise that the Lord will keep us. The one who keeps our footsteps who knows every step that we take, the one who is by our side is the same one who is keeping us from evil. This expression of our going out and our coming in shows that it's more than just on a journey to Jerusalem that God is protecting us, that he's guarding us and watching over us. This is just a way of expressing the common everyday life that a traveler 
or anyone would experience. A king would live in a city and go outside of the city, maybe to wage war and to come back in. A farmer would go outside to tend to his or her fields and come back inside. A shepherd would go out and tend to the sheep and would return back into the city later in the evening. This is just the average everyday rhythm and routine of life. And the promise here is that God's protection is with us even in those just average everyday kind of moments. His protection over us extends into every nook and cranny of our lives, both magnificent and mundane. That's the assurance that this psalm gives us. As we think about the hazards of this life, we, could, we should also think about then the fact that our help is the maker of heaven and earth, the one who sees every step that we take with our feet and the one who is by our side in every danger we face. This is the God who goes with us, who's always keeping us, guarding us, and protecting us. Why is Psalm 121 on my playlist? Psalm 121 is on my playlist because it reminds me that I can live confidently. Reminds me that I can live courageously. I'm reminded of the Apostle Paul's words that he spoke to the Romans. In chapter 8, he says this, For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. There's nothing that can get between us and our Lord. I love that fact that Jesus Christ is the one who is Emmanuel, that he is God with us. As this psalm talks about the one who is next to us, who is near us at every moment, we should think of the fact that Christ is the one who is beside us. In recent weeks, we've seen through the passage of scripture out of Colossians that Pastor John took us through, that the Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or rulers or powers or authorities. This is the God who had made heaven and earth, and he is with us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. I can live confidently knowing that. I can take risks, kingdom-sized risks in my life, knowing that God is with us. It gives me a confidence to live courageously in that way. Psalm 121 is also on my playlist, though, because it reminds me, reminds me that I can rest peacefully. He will never slumber. He will never sleep. I was having breakfast recently with a friend who I hadn't seen in a while. He and his wife had their second child not long ago. And he was just sharing about what a marvelous sight it is as he watches his child sleep, just completely oblivious to the hazards of this world. I thought, that's such a beautiful picture. You and I are not oblivious to the hazards of the world in the same way that this child is. But at the same time, we should be able to rest peacefully, knowing that the God who never slumbers or sleeps is by our side. At times, I'll pray with my children at night before bed, and I just say, thank you, Lord, that we can sleep because we know that you never sleep. You are alert. You are aware, even when we are not. The universe will be okay if we take eight hours, 10 hours, however many hours you can afford to rest and to refresh I can rest peacefully. And this psalm reminds me of that. Why else is this psalm on my playlist? Well, it reminds me as well that I can worship boldly. 
I can worship boldly because I see the boldness of the worship displayed in Psalm 121. Think about the cost of this journey. Think about the cost of time, of energy, of resources in order to get to Jerusalem, in order to make it to the temple. The psalmist here is is even excited to say that the maker of heaven and earth is the one who he finds help in and that that is worth it in order to make the journey to Jerusalem for, in order to be with the body, the people of Israel, to worship together. For us in our own lives, I think about that cost of worship too. It's worth it for us to invest ourselves that way, to worship boldly, knowing that the God who is protecting us from all evil, from our greatest danger, is by our side. It's a call, it's a perspective shift that we can worship him boldly. The maker of heaven and earth is our help. He is the one who encourages us, who calls us to trust in him as we face the hazards of life. He's the God who sees every step that we take, and he's the God who is beside us with every danger we face. That's something that's worth remembering. That's something that's on my playlist, and I hope that you will make it a part of yours as well. Would you pray with me? Father, we are so grateful for the fact that you have reminded us through this psalm of your goodness towards us in creating us, the heavens and the earth. And Father, for knowing even the minute details of our lives, knowing everywhere that we go, everywhere that we travel, knowing every danger that we face, God, you are by our side as we trust in you. I pray now that we would be a community of people here at Calvary who internalize that message, who see you as the God who keeps us, who guards us, and who protects us. And that that would just encourage us in our own lives in this very moment that we find ourselves in right now to trust you even more and to know that you have been faithful to protect us and keep us and guard us up until now and that we can protect, you will continue to protect us both now and forevermore. So, Father, we pray this in the powerful name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.